I'm setting a tone for the 140 division. This is the Ryan you're going to get. Get ready because I'm not playing and I'm not letting up. Welcome back to the Etceteras. Always, I'm your host, Eddie Gonzalez. We're joined by one of my favorite fighters in the world, 23-1. and one. My guy, Ryan Garcia. How you living, man? Hey, thank you for having me. Uh, first of all, uh, I'm living good, feeling good, healthy, family's healthy, so can't ask for more than that. You're not weight cut day quite yet, so you're friendly still. You no, know? I'll be friendly regardless. <laughs> I'm a happy guy. I know I know fighters on those weight cut days. We, we, we did some UFC stuff. I've been around some boxes, and that Wednesday, Thursday is like, ugh. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> stay away from those guys. But how is camp going is the obvious question. Um, first time seeing you. And some time coming off your first loss, how's camp looking for you? You know, camp has been beautiful. Um, definitely uh, the most committed and, and focused I've been for so long, you know. Um, and uh, honestly, I haven't been this sharp since 2020. Um, and, and this version of me is just, um, I'm so joyful. I feel so much joy inside. And I'm just so happy um, to I, I'm just out happy for the people to see the performance I'm going to put December 2nd. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to my fight, and this camp has been going great. Fighting is such a crazy sport. You build and build and build for this one night. You do it for months, and a million things could derail it. But when you get that and you actually get in the ring as that guy, like, it has to feel incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, every fight, um, it feels like it's the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you're putting so much into it. Um, every fight matters. So, you know, that's why um, that's why it's always a big event for a fight because uh, people know the risk you're taking, the threat it is. You know, you could get hurt. Anything happened in that ring. So you have to be prepared mentally, physically, as much as you can. So, um, yeah, I think uh, it's crazy. You know, you put so much time for a fight that could last three minutes. <laughs> even less, right? Yeah, even less. Um, I want to talk about the business of the sport because you were outspoken about this recently when Showtime officially announced, hey, they're, they're doing away with Showtime boxing. We've lost HBO boxing. All that stuff going on, Discovery, Paramount. It's a big world with that. Content is just ever-changing, right? But you were outspoken and say, hey, this is an opportunity for us to do something as fighters and, you know, as we reassess what content is going forward and sports content and boxing, combat sports. What, what do you see as possible going forward with that? I know it's a big question and there's a lot of answers, but what is like a goal of you for, with that? And, and you had a ton of guys speak up support. Jake Paul, somebody I want to ask you about, even Tank Davis, your recent, your recent opponent. What is the goal for the sport going forward? Uh, you know, I think that the goal of the sport is um, for the bo for the boxers, the boxers to take more of a control, uh, take more of the driver's seat. I think that I proved to um, everybody by the way that I market myself and the way that I um, position myself in the sport that uh, you um, have more control than you think. And I think that uh, we need to set set a precedence that boxers, you know, are uh, the driving force of this sport. And uh, promoters need to um, be open to expand their minds and, and stop being stuck in the 90s and the 2000, 2010s blueprint um, of, you know, costing the sport, you know, fans because they, they don't want to work with each other and it become a monopoly type of thing. You know, we need to come together. Um, do what you know I I've done and, and Jake Paul and and a lot of other fighters or well, 
I guess it's just been me and Jake Paul really that are kind of pioneering this new format of uh, marketing in boxing. You know, we're we're keeping the fans up to date with our content um, because you know boxers don't have an ESPN and they don't have um, these networks that can continuously give you updates on what's going on. So I think it's important that boxers, you know, take examples. We need to come together and figure uh, something out. You know, just like TV changed. Uh, uh, and went into streaming and, and, you know, people don't want to wait, you know, a whole week for their next episode. They want to binge watch their shows. People want to see the fights now, you know, and, and let the sport grow, a win, a loss, whatever, who cares? People, just like how people gravitate to the UFC, they don't care if their favorite fighter got many losses. They care about who, who you know, who, who rises to the top. It is what it is. It's a sport. It's ever going. You know, a loss doesn't define you. You've seen it when the glory days with um, the, the Four Kings and Roberto Duran, Sugar Ray Leonard, Leonard lost to uh, Duran the first time, comes back, beats him. Duran, boom, boom. It's just that's how it goes. That's the flow of the game. You know, just like Muhammad Ali, he lost to Frazier, comes back, beats him. That's what it, it's about. You need to bring the the authenticity or, or the truth back to the sport. Authentic, yeah, authentic, whatever. Uh, Y'all know what I mean. <laughs> Hello. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you got to bring back that truth to the sport and just let it be what it is. Um, again, um, you need to both have a, a business, but it also needs to continue to be a sport. So um, I think it starts there. I, I, the Four Kings is a great mention. I think all five fans look back at that and say, hey, they – all pretty much fought each other. They all kind of pretty much beat each other as yeah. well, but they were bigger for it. And I think, you know, I hate to, I hate to blame the guy, but what Floyd did with marketing and his O and, and still to this day, it, it changed a lot of mindsets, of a lot of boxers and the way we market boxers. And it's, it's tough because it, it, like you mentioned, if you lose a great fight, you lost a great fight. Yeah. Manny Pacquiao lost how many fights, and he's a legend, you yeah. know, in his own right. And and, and made Eric Morales millions and millions of dollars. Right, people. That's been the boxer's biggest thing. Oh, I won't make money, man. You will make money. Right, it, it, it's like there's only one Floyd Mayweather. That's what people gotta uh, remember. You know, there's one Floyd Mayweather. He did it that way. Um, did it hurt the sport? Yeah, <laughs> because he tried <laughs> to figure out every way he could to, you know, uh, position himself to win. And, and, and you know, I mean, no shot at. Floyd, Floyd's one of the greatest, right. somebody that, you know, I've hung out many times and, you know, he's a smart man. But again, there's only Floyd, one Floyd Mayweather yeah. and things change. People want to hold on to a certain yeah. thing. It's like they're prisoners of the moment and then they, then they take it to a time that change should have happened, but they're so stuck on that. No, no, but look how much money you made. <laughs> yeah, but that ain't, that ain't you. Right. And that ain't the sport now. So move on, you know, um, times move on. That's it. It's a, it's a very specific career he had. And I think the thing, a lot of people forget with Floyd, and, and people were telling this to Shakur this week. Like, he was going out there and banging with real champs yeah. real early on, like at 22, and he was having exciting fights. So it's a little, it, it's different. Floyd paid his dues. He paid his dues. He paid his dues. Hundred, he, he's, Floyd is a prodigy, right? Yeah. So he's in the Olympics, 18. He's fighting world champs at 20. He's doing all stuff. It wasn't like he protected his O all the way in. When he fought Chico Corrales from Sacramento, like me. Everybody picked him to get knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? He so he was going to lose. He took real threats and did that. Later, he was more selective, but that's what you can do when you're the king. You can yeah. be more selective. You, you know what? People forget that early part of his career yeah. that um, 
that, you know, the Floyd that was, you know, thanking God after each one of his fights and he was hungry. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't about money. It was about, you know, earning his stripes. And he was about that. He yeah. said, if I got to go through Oscar De La Hoya, if I got to go through Prince Nassim, I met mm -hmm. people forget those times. Yeah. And, you know, he had to fight Sab Judah, a fast fighter. Yeah. Who, who would take on that? You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he's taking on a risk yeah. at such an early part of his career. And, you know, people forget about that. But, um, you know, they skip that part, you know, and they only think about money, uh, money Mayweather. Yeah. Um, money Mayweather was more strategic. He's older. His hands were hurt. Yep. You know, he, he he's being smarter. Um, but that's not the blueprint, you know. No. That's not the blueprint at all. I, I want to go back to Jake Paul because it seems like to me when I ask more and more fighters, they kind of love what these guys are doing. And I think there's a respect to – they actually have to get in the ring and get punched and punch people and fight and train. Um, how do you feel about this kind of, I guess, influencer boxing, they call it, or YouTuber or whatever they call it? But these guys are filling arenas. They're doing huge buy rates. All right, all right. I'll give them that. Uh, the clowns, though, like Dean the Great and all them other dudes yep. and KSI and all them, clowns. Clowns for <laughs> sure. They're, they're not selling the pay-per-views and they're acting like they are. Um, they're definitely not. Uh, and, you know, there's there's a clown part of it, and then there's a legitimate part of it. Jake Paul's doing it legitimately, and he's uh, providing you know good entertainment, and he's taking the sport serious. Um, I like it, you know, um, but I don't like these YouTubers calling me out and all that. I just feel disrespected. <laughs> yeah. and, um, I think that you know if I got I, I am I, I'm open to fighting all three of them at the same time. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Just to beat them up real quick. I've been fighting my whole life, and you think you're going to just come up and yeah. just disrespect me like that? Not going to happen, man. And people say, why you give them the time? Because their mouth is loud, and some <laughs> people need to get punched in the mouth to shut up. <laughs> I love it. That's why. I love it. Look, I think uh, you mentioned social media earlier, and I think people kind of weaponize that against you sometimes too. And But you're right in that it's been huge. And Mark, you have 10 million followers. You're probably the most followed American boxer besides Floyd, who is yeah. – been doing this for 30 years and is retired like what what was your approach to that early on did you know it was going to be a tool going forward or did it just kind of happen you say hey we can use this because it's made you one of the biggest names in the sport and you put on the biggest fight in years and like I said people try to weaponize that but it is a tool in the modern world of promoting events it, it was a tool um early on um you know it started with uh just me uh once I latch on to something, I latch on to it. So once I, uh, I knew that it was, you know, giving me exposure, I said, I'm going to take it to another level. You know, um, honestly, I've always had the guidance, you know, of, of you know, God um, and, and the wisdom that I feel like he was giving me. And at the time he was showing me, like, this is the way to um, market yourself, expose yourself. So I just leaned into it. Um, and I was telling people early on, like, this is important. Um, I knew I could fight. That was the thing. So it never became an insecurity of me of when people would go, but you're just an Instagram <laughs> fighter. Oh, that's just me. It's great. I'm doing that on purpose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm here for people to talk. And you're doing exactly what I'm asking you to do, yeah. which is talk. Either you're going to talk mess or you're going to watch me fight and be happy. You know, and so when I got in the ring, I knew I could do my job. I've been boxing since I was seven years old. Ain't no video going to change how I fight. <laughs> you know, so for me, it was like, you know what? I see other people doing it in their sport or in, in, in their field. They're promoting movies or, you know, actors are doing this. And 
they're all using this. Why wouldn't I use it? You know, um, boxers, a lot of the times they want to perceive themselves as I want to look macho and tough and all that. You know, you got to let that go. You know, it's not about ego. It's about, you know, like I said, part of boxing is a business. Mm -hmm. And if you're not putting people in seats, you know, what is profitable to the people that put on the fights? And that's why you lost Showtime. That's why you, you lost HBO is because these boxers aren't thinking like who would want to put on these fights if they're not making money mm -hmm. that's th that's why you need to be able to market yourself that's and, and you see now fighters um young fighters that are really you know the ones i actually have given advice to you could see them doing it trying it and they're becoming big and that makes me happy that makes me almost more happy than when i'm blowing up it's like man i'm, I'm happy for that guy because i know he deserves it yeah i know what it takes this is not a fun 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 game you know it's fun when you know how to whoop ass <laughs> but when you get your ass whooped and, and learning the stripes it ain't fun you know right. uh starting such a young age um they deserve it and, and i feel bad because they're like, they look at me and they feel jealous because i'm making that money but i put in just as much work in you i'm just using here mm -hmm. i'm using here and i'm not letting the people get to me they post a video and then they feel insecure because of the comments forget the comments <laughs> that's what you wanted right, right. <laughs> so it's just you know giving them motivation to do it and, and don't really you know ignore the ignore the hate because the hate's supposed to be there that's what that's what it's about. I remember uh, summer 22, I was with Steven Espinosa, who's the head of Showtime Sports, and was obviously hands-on with putting your fight together, and then uh, Bud and uh, Earl Spence. And I remember me and him were talking and said, Ryan and Tank is the super fight. They're the stars. They keep calling Bud and Earl a super fight. And all due respect to them, they're incredible. That's a really big boxing fight. This is different. This is a super fight. I think it showed at the gate. I think it showed with the pay-per-view box. And again, no disrespect to them. Their fight was a major event as well. Major. But it did three-fourths of the buys. Yeah. You know, same place. And so it matters. It matters in today's world. There's just no way around it. Yeah. So it's, it's great that you've embraced it. I think we'll see more people embracing it. Because at the end of the day, I can look as crazy as I want on Instagram. But if you can't take my left hook... It don't matter. Exactly. So. And, and um, you know, it's just crazy because Javante, um, you know, he he doesn't – he's one of the fighters that I don't really see him doing, you know, the the Instagram and Twitter, but he's still a big figure, yeah. which is which is another thing where you could possibly go that route. Yeah. You know, but, um, again, we've seen with his other pay-per-views, they only did 150K buys, 200K buys. So that right there shows you that you could have that, but you also need to expand your brand. You know, if you're not getting on, you know, Instagram or whatnot, you can't get to the bro broader audience. It's just, it just, it is what it is, you know. And, um, and, and I think in this day and age, people need to understand it takes two to tango. Yeah. You can't just, you know. I mean, unless you're Michael Jackson or, you know, Chris Brown or something like that, you know, like such a – like it's different. Yeah. In, in a fight, people want to see two good fighters. Mm -hmm. They don't want to just see one fighter beating up another guy that they know they're going to be. <laughs> it's not – like you're not going to do anything with that. Like pay-per-view fights should be huge fights. Yeah. And big fights with big personalities. You can't you – mean, I mean, you can mix it around a little bit. You know, if you want to do an average pay-per-view, but again, if these fighters want to make life-changing money, it takes two to tango, and you need to you need to do it the right way. People aren't falling for it anymore. Well, that goes into your decision to have your your, your upcoming fight, Omar Duarte, uh, Oscar Duarte, Oscar. excuse me, uh, 
on the zone proper, not necessarily the zone pay per view, even off of over a million buys, it's the same thought process. Like, oh yeah, yeah, it's the same thought process. Um, you know, I, like I mentioned all, all through my socials, you know, people are like, oh well, that ain't your decision. No, it is my decision. I could pay any fight on pay per view. They they need we've me. We've seen much worse. Remember fights that they mean they need smaller me. Smaller names. Yeah. Golden boy, I'm their only fighter. <laughs> the zone knows that I'm a big star. So if I said no, I need this on pay per view, they would have put it on pay per view. But that's robbing the fans. Why would I do that to to the fans where now they have to pay me to see somebody? You know, no disrespect to Dorte, but a lot of people expect me to win. So you know, it's not. And, and I can't go around the street and say, yo, do you know who Oscar Dorte is? No, I can't, uh, obviously. And it's not a disrespect to him. I still respect him as a fighter, and I know he's a tough challenge. Um, but I'm just saying in, in, in terms of how big the fight is, it's not huge because he's not big. Yeah. So I'm not going to do that to the fans, the ones that want to see me fight and make them pay $50. Now, people, it's Christmas time. People need to save that money. You know, if you already subscribed, great. Um, and if you want to spend money for the subscription, go ahead. You're going to watch me do this work. Uh, and it's going to be entertaining. A little early Christmas present for everybody, you know. <laughs> Before we continue on in the ring, though, I do want to hear, you mentioned your mental health and, and I wonder what you're doing outside the ring because boxing is such a lifestyle and you have to eat right. You have to be in the gym. You were just talking like you're going to do strength training after this and then you're going to do some road work. It's a whole day thing and you're doing that for months and months on end. And even after a win, you take a couple of weeks and then you're right back at it. So what are you doing in your free time? How are you decompressing? Are you binging shows? Are you listening to music? Like what is your thing? You know, what? I've been really um... – just meditating, meditating, going on on walks, uh, just spending a lot of time with God, uh, going to church on Sundays, playing ping pong. Um, ping just, pong. Yeah, <laughs> ping pong. You know, just having a, a lot of time for myself and, and just really decompressing, really going over my days, going over my thoughts, and, um, and just living in that, being in peace with that. You know, not looking for um, quick pleasures, um, not not taking no compromises, um, not letting letting up internally. I'm talking about like mm -hmm. people think you know. Uh, I'm talking about you know externally letting up. No, I'm talking about in internally. You know, um, not even letting myself thinking about uh, eating that cookie or whatever. Even though I be, I wanted <laughs> but you know what I mean, like that that type of uh, of intent. Um, and that's what I've been doing, you know, taking more time to focus on myself and focus on my mental health and, and just my relationship with God. Those things have really just pit my soul and my spirit and, and gave me joy that I haven't had for so long. Nah, that's, I mean, it sounds like you're at a real place of peace and then that's translating into the ring as well. Uh, what is your What is your gym playlist sounding like? Because you're in the gym every day. <laughs> you know, I'm playing um, Hans Zimmer. Um, a lot of composing type of music. Really? Yeah, yeah. It, it really helps me get into the zone. Um, the 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 words distract me a little bit. Oh. I mean, I could get over it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I could snap into it. But I like musical composing, like where it's like you could you just hear the the boom 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 boom. Like it just mm. puts you in a, like a mode. Um, I don't really listen to too much word type of music. Anymore. Really? Yeah. Nah. Even even at the house, like even in the car, all that. Oh, I mean, I play like feel good music, like like Viva La Vida by Coldplay or something <laughs> like that. You know, I like music like that. I haven't, you know, rap hasn't really been hitting for me lately. Uh, it just it like kind of sounds a lot of repetitive right now. I don't really, 
I can't really like there hasn't been good rap in a long time good music in general yeah like I do like Jack Harlow though his last song was good yeah I was uh, talking to an exec at a a record label literally today on, on the way to the plane and we were having a long conversation about that like it's we we ended up at a show together yesterday and we're just like it's a lot of the same stuff it's like they forgot about melody yeah and they forgot about music <laughs> it's a lot of, it's, it's like a, a lot of um random things that they they're just trying to like it's all about you know like generic things i don't know it, it just doesn't feel like music it doesn't feel real it, maybe it's the autotune maybe it's i don't know what but it doesn't have like music yeah. i don't know how to explain it like when i listen to old music i feel like they're like i feel like they're in it and they're trying to create something here and now it looks like there's a formula and everybody's yep. following following it and it doesn't seem authentic to them i feel like the, i've heard the same song from another guy and i'm tired of it i don't like hearing it <laughs> that's why i'm talking about i like listening to composers because yeah. they're in it they're thinking about the little pauses and the and the shifts and the ups and the downs and and bringing you in it like this other music it just seems like it's just all formula they're all looking at data it's boring i'm tired of listening so my buddy he's talking about like for centuries he took it real deep he's for centuries in order to make music we had to discover sounds like to make instruments and do all stuff now everything's on the computer and it's easy it's funny because uh last year uh, Kevin got into making beats a lot and we would sit there while he find like an old song to sample and you listen to these old songs 70s 60s these unknown songs but it's literally like yo somebody's doing a bass somebody's uh, playing a drum somebody's on a saxophone somebody's on they had to go in there and just do that there was no <laughs> begin they didn't sample nothing they made it they composed that yeah we're not doing that anymore so yeah. I feel you hearing that you're listening to Hans, Hans Zimmer running your miles is yeah. crazy but yo you probably feel like you're at a movie at that point. oh i do no i just get into a zone i just get in a zone zone um and you know i just practice that all day long yeah. so i want to talk about like endorsements and stuff we mentioned social media first boxer to ever be endorsed by gatorade you had a legit dior sponsorship not like yo a guy made me some trunks hey. or anything but like a um how are you able to juggle that you're one of the more marketable stars in the in the sport and if not the most um and what is your goal with that when you approach these type of things? These are massive endorsements that we don't typically see from boxers. You know what I do? I, I just try to stay humble. You know, that's what I try to do. I try to stay humble. I ground myself in, in, in you know, my love for God because that's what brings me back down to earth. Um, because it's easy. It's easy to puff up your head. Oh, I got Dior. I got this. I, you know, I, I'm that guy. You know what I mean? It's very easy, but that's why you lose yourself. So for me, it's just trying to stay humble as best as I can and just continuously working on that about myself. Because like I said, you make any compromise before you know it, you know, pride become, go, goes before the fall. So for me, it's just staying humble, um, looking for opportunities that make sense, that align with my morals. Because a lot of these big brands, sometimes they do funky stuff. Um, and, you know, I'm not about that. <laughs> so I try to align myself to people that, you know, um, still have their morals intact and, and trying their best to, you know, to live an honest and, and fruitful life. So it's just looking for those opportunities. Um, good people work with good people. So I try to, you know, attract and work with, you know, honest, honest working folks, but also not being judgmental either. You know, I, I know what it is to be crazy. I know what it is to <laughs> live chaotic. I've done it 
um, so I, I'm very understanding as a person as well. But um, you could read a, you could read somebody's heart. So it's just being around that person, seeing how they are, and then ultimately deciding if I, I shall work with them. See that a lot in working with guys I work with and successful people. They just want to work with good people, like yeah. you said, people I can get along with, people who have values that are similar. And sometimes it's not even about the product or the vision. It's like if we work and we have a good time, like we can make something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's interesting to hear you say that. Uh, you mentioned the mental health earlier. When you – this was a thing on social media when it came up, and, and some of the fighters who bit at you about that end up having to then later eat crow or going through their own things. Um, why was it important for you to speak up about that? Because we know boxing is so mentally tough. It's so much about – Yo, these stare downs and, and the the machismo of all that and you know nobody goes in the ring weak and all this stuff, but like you were outspoken about that and still are. Why was it important for you to go that route? I've I think I've just been always an open book and I've always been an open book and I've never really hid anything from anybody. Um you see me how it is, you know, you know, um I'm just me, you know what yeah. I mean? And I've always maneuvered like that in my life where, uh, you know, if I'm going through something, you're going to hear about it. If I'm doing good, you're going to hear about it. Um, and it was one of those things that I've always posted about myself on Instagram. So I just thought to myself, well, here we go. It's just yeah. not a happy post this time. Yeah, yeah. It's not a happy thing this time. Um, and, you know, I wasn't really thinking of who it was going to inspire or who was going to help. It was more of an update. For everybody, like, yo, I'm going through something right now. <laughs> Maybe I could get some help from a comet or two. I don't know. Like, I just didn't know at the time. I really got severely depressed because I couldn't escape my own mind. And I didn't quite know how to escape. I didn't know what was going on. Um, so I fell into depression. You know, and um, I, and again, I didn't get I didn't get the flowers like uh, other athletes get, and <laughs> and you know, it, or, or other celebrities get. I, I got the you're faking this shit and uh, shut up. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, okay, boy, like, yeah, what do you what are you sad about? Right. Um. So you know, it was one of those things that um, it was tough at the time. It was tough at the time, but anybody who I feel like is is, is going through it, um, I just advise them to seek counsel, seek help. Um, um, always never lose faith because look at where I'm at now. You know, sunshine couldn't be around the corner, and that's not just a corny quote. I'm dead serious. You know, um, that breakthrough is just around the corner. It's just all about never giving up, never losing faith, um, continuously just riding through that wave because sometimes you go through these tumbles and these turmoils and these tests because it grows you stronger as a person and it builds your character you know anything in life needs to suffer in order to know what it is to grow you know um, you have to go through that there's no other way around it without sorrow there will never be joy without pain there will never be happiness so you need to enjoy the process as best as you can, even in that dark moments, um, and, and 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 you'll be okay. You'll be okay. I don't want to promise anything to anybody, but I know that with God, He could get you through anything. And that belief um, in yourself and and that grind of just recovering, recovering, healing um, is very important uh, to do. Boxing is a very interesting sport in that aspect where. I mean, we, we find out years later things Muhammad Ali was going through, Mike Tyson, Floyd we mentioned, and 
fighters all throughout the sport, everybody's dealing with stuff. It's not a privileged sport. You're very rarely getting like the rich kid who went to the private school who's like, I'm a box. It's usually, it's it were poor fighting. kids, inner city kids, and like you, you don't necessarily choose this sport so much as it chooses you, and everybody's going through stuff. So I think it was very interesting to get in front of the wagon, so to speak, whereas usually it's like we don't find out till the guy's in the ring after a win sweating going, man, y'all don't know what I was going through these last two months. And it's like it was, it was, it was very interesting. And like I said, a lot of the fighters that kind of got at you end up having their own situations later and be like, hey, I don't know what and we're going through. What? I'm not mad at any of them. You know, I'm human. Sometimes I want to take a stab at somebody because <laughs> I'm annoyed at them too. Yeah. Um, so I'm not mad at nobody. Uh, I just know that, you know, when they need help, you know, I hope they get it. Yeah. You know, because you see with Danny Garcia, you know, when he broke down in that ring talking about his mental health issues, yeah. um, he didn't take a stab at me. But I'm saying it's just an example. Like, boxing stuff, you get hit in the head, man. Yeah, really, it's not a game. Yeah. Like, you don't know how you're going to feel. You don't know that pain. You don't know the injuries. You don't, And you got to shut up because you don't have many opportunities in boxing. Yeah. So it's just hard. It, it, it is tough, but, you know, people – you know, they do have respect for fighters, but if the fans <laughs> would just ease off a little bit, man. Uh, <laughs> like, can you just chill? We're already going in the ring for your entertainment, getting punched in the head. I mean, give us a little break here. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk your upcoming fight, Oscar Duarte. Why this fight? Why now? Why this opponent? And, and what are we going to see? We're going to see the best version of you we've ever seen. Um, it's an exciting fight. People have been waiting to see what your next move is. What, what what are we looking at a couple Saturdays from now? Uh, you're gonna see, um, man. You're gonna see some Goku shit. <laughs> you're gonna see some uh, uh, Super Rai. You know, um, I, I feel like this is the best version of me, um, and, and, and it's gonna be something that you see a mix of when I was on that come up, when I was on that rise, and I was on point, you know, in the zone, just on top of it, speed was insane. You're going to see that, but you're also going to see a more polished Ryan, technique, skill, determination, grit, just knowing knowing the game, the ins and outs. You're going to see a polished Super Ryan. That's what you're going to see, um, and you're going to see uh, a beautiful performance. Oscar Duarte, tough guy. You know, he's going to come to fight. He's always a threat. He has punching power, but I'm going to be just too much for him. Um, the version I am now, um, I just don't see him being able to do anything with me. But that's not to say that anything can happen in boxing, but I think where I'm at right now, there's no way he could beat me. But it's going to be a beautiful performance. But I'm trying to tell everybody, and it's not so much about Duarte. I'm here to show I'm setting a tone for the 140 division. This is the Ryan you're going to get. Get ready because I'm not playing and I'm not letting up. After this day, you know, you're going to see this going all the way through. I don't know how long the career is going to last. I don't know how many world titles, but I'm hungry, and this is the Ryan you're going to see moving forward. Yeah, so we're not looking past Oscar Duarte at all. It's You have to fight him. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's a rugged opponent. He punches hard. You are expected to win. That's kind of the point of a comeback fight in a sense. Wouldn't call it a light touch. It's It's an opponent that's – you know you're supposed to get in there and get have a good fight with, but there are fights on the horizon for you. Many fights. Um, one of them that's come up this week off of some Twitter stuff. Shakur <laughs> Stevenson. Uh, let's talk about that. I want to run through a couple of these guys and get your thoughts because this is the future of the sport. As we, and you guys are all kind of colliding in the same couple of divisions. Yeah. You and Shakur. This is not a matchup we've heard a lot before. 
it's a matchup that's now coming up because of all these comments. Where does that sit with you guys? There's a promotional things. There's all kinds of stuff. This, in the way. this is not even about boxing. I just personally, like I said, be around me. I don't talk about nobody like this. It's just, and I talked about this already, and I don't even know how much I want to get into it. But I want to. I want people to know that it's not. It's not so much of a boxing thing for me. It's personal because he walks around with this attitude that just doesn't feel good in my spirit. Like it's that type of thing that like, I don't, I don't mess with you. Mm -hmm. I don't mess with the person you are. I don't like how you move. I don't like how you hold yourself. You're arrogant. You talk shit about everybody, but you do it in a more personal level, not selling a fight. You really feel this way and you think your shit don't stink. <laughs> He's been doing that since the amateur days yep. and um, they've always babied him. He's always had the, you know, the USA team and uh, the ladies that are, you know, um, the ones handling it, you know, <laughs> giving them hugs and kisses and shit, you know, while we're out here grinding, you know, and trying to do our thing. Not saying he didn't grind and he's not a good boxer. I'm just saying, like, him holding himself, like, to that arrogance, it just pisses me off because um, I don't like people that move like that. So mm -hmm. for me, it's a per I want to whip his ass because personally, I don't like him. I uh, <laughs> that's I'm, point blank period. I, I put I put a oh man. I, I put some some. If you think Edwin Santo, he, he was out there running marathon with Edwin. He out there sprint marathon with me. He'll be like, oh no. I say from a fan standpoint because I like Shakur in the ring. The tweets and the all the complaining he's doing it on shows and stuff like it's like bro. All these other guys are fighting each other. Devin Haney fought Vasily Lomachenko, and then he fought the, the unified, the undisputed world champ in his hometown, in his own country, and like had to go and do that. Wanted to fight different guys, uh, Tank Davis, and you got and you have fought like everybody's colliding. He's the one on the outside going, "Hey, what about me?" But when he had the opportunity to fight Devin Haney, he turned it down and he fought about money. And look, it's a business. You got to get your dollars right on that stuff. But Devin took that shot and said, I'll take less money up front. I'll get the rematch clause. I'll get it back. on." I thought that was his opportunity. To me, he's complaining a lot. He's had literally one of the most boring fights of all time, statistically yeah. even. Statistically. And, uh, you know, then he goes on and says, oh, I sat in the pocket and fought the last couple of fights. That's kind of true, but even those fights were kind of boring. Yeah. You guys are knocking people out. Yeah. It's got the lowest KO rate amongst you guys. Yeah. All that stuff's on the like you can't deny that. Yeah. He's got to get in the ring and beat guys. It, 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 and I say that as a fan. I'm not like yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get came at on Twitter. From he will come at you. Shakur. But, uh, <laughs> here's the thing: like he just needs to know his position. You know, he he's a high risk, low reward type of yeah. fighter. Um, he's not gonna fight you, and he's also gonna get these rounds given to him just because they like him. He shouldn't have won the first four rounds with Edwin Santos. He mm -hmm. didn't do anything. He didn't land no punches. He didn't throw no punches. Oh, he didn't do anything. But they gave him the rounds. So what? Why would we want to fight you? You're politically tied in. Nobody would want to fight you. You're gonna get the rounds for no reason. You're not fighting. You're gonna run around. You're gonna play defense all day and win rounds. Why would in the world would we fight you? Nobody knows you. You can't sell pay per view. You need to look in the position. Humble yourself a little bit. Go fight somebody. Take the low end. Take a flat fee. Win. Become a star. Then you start building yourself. You're not Money Mayweather. You're not any of that. Stop calling yourself that. Stop comparing yourself to the greats. Them dudes were out there banging. You're none of that. 
that's just a point blank period. Once he acknowledges that he should curse Stevenson and not Andre Ward and Terrence Crawford, then he'll probably start going up and being who he is. Be you, stop being everybody else, and, and turn up. That's it, point blank period. Stop with that attitude and, and, and grow up a little bit. Grow up a little bit because you out there tweeting against anybody. <laughs> Motherfuckers have three followers and you're tweeting back to them. Oh, how can you say that? Grow up, man. Damn. He, Sorry, I had to do it. No, hey, I appreciate it. I mean, like I said, speaking from a fan standpoint, I mean, he had a fight where he fought his girlfriend's brother. Oh, yeah. And still nobody cared. Like, And it was still a boring fight. Like yeah, it was. <laughs> so and once that happened, you gotta dominate. Like what stories we got After left to that, tell? You gotta, you gotta go beat his booty. And I think you look like again. I think he's a great talent. I think he could be more aggressive and possibly be stronger and have these more exciting fights. But he just hasn't and won't. And yeah. and it, look, he said he went in the ring hurt and all this stuff. And suppose you went in the ring hurt last time yeah. around, and you sat there and banged and you know. Um, let Let's go back to that yeah. fight. Let's go back to Tank because you've been extremely vocal that that is a fight you want. You want your rematch. I think uh, you guys spoke about it almost immediately after. It, it's obvious why you want the rematch. You want to get your O back. But what what is different there? And, and one of the things I do want to know about, too, is the rehydration clause, which is a thing that many fighters came ahead and said, They'll yo, that was take. crazy. That They'll was insane. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And I think it I think it was a barrier to making the fight happen and to your credit you did it and said okay we'll do it is that something you would even consider going forward and, and again what is happens in this fight if you guys get the rematch which i don't know i'm not the promoter but it seems natural that that makes sense for next year you know um that fight um not only wasn't uh, the best version of myself and it wasn't who I am now, but also, you know, the, with that dehydration and the rehydration clause, it was tough on my body. Um, I had um, no power, no strength really going into that ring. I did come in with a separated rib. Um, it happened in sparring. Uh, it was one of the first rounds. It was a routine thing. I kind of moved. He clipped me right here and then it dropped. So I had to stop within 30 seconds. People talking about, oh, you got dropped. I was beating that dude every day. <laughs> I remember that dude making a video talking about, are you okay? Dude, that was in the first 30 seconds. Relax. Um, and, you know, it, it was something that I, I just I couldn't deny the fans again. I couldn't w tell myself I got to back out. I couldn't do it again. Man. I was sitting in the hospital bed and them saying, like, oh, it's going to take about three weeks to heal. And I'm like, oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, so I just bit down and said, you know, I'm not doing that. Um, and I went in the ring and I went in the ring um, knowing that and that's fine. You know, I don't really want to make too many excuses about it, but it's just the truth. I went in there with a separated rib um, and with a lack of focus and, and determination and, and a lack of will because I felt defeated already. Um, but again, it was his night. I want him to have that shine. But when I come back, if you dare fight me at 140 and the man I am right now, at the best version of me, he won't beat me. I'm a better fighter than him. I don't care what nobody says. I'm a better fighter than me at my best. He can't beat me. But I'm going to let him have his shine. I'm going to run through the 140 division, and I'm going to become a champion. That's my goal. Become a champion. Make sure that fight's undeniable to watch. People are going to be like, nah, 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 this version of Ryan is different, and that's how I'm coming. So I'm going to earn my stripes. I'm going to earn it. You know, just like I earned it in the amateurs, earned it coming up, earned it now, I'm going to earn it 
and I'm gonna get that rematch, and I'm gonna beat him. That's my goal, um, and and that's what I uh, that's what I want to do. Well, I think it's a natural fight to make. Um, he's taking time off. He had legal issues, his things going on. It sounds like he's gonna fight early next year. Um, you're fighting at the end of this year. It makes sense going forward. I hope it happens. I want to see that version of it. I think everybody wants to see it at a not at a catch weight. You know, maybe it's for a belt at 140. Who knows what it can be. Um, I think, you know, I've said it before, and it's no different to say it to you now. Like, I appreciated the way you fought that fight. Didn't know you were hurt going in. You sat there and bangled him. Yes, you took a knock. I think it was a little bit of flash knockdown. Hopped right back up. But uh, the idea that you would go in there and just run from him, that didn't come to fruition at all. You you fought with a lot, with a lot of people feel the hardest puncher in the sport, pound for pound. And yes, you lost, but great fighters lose and they come back and they win. Canelo has lost. Canelo lost to Floyd. They like all this stuff. Um, you know, the, the losses don't make you. It's what you do after that. You want to be a champion at 140. That's your division. That's where you sit. Two other names there who have been mentioned with you quite a bit. Devin Haney, who will be fighting his first fight at 140 a week after you. A uh, pretty big fight everybody's excited about. And uh, Teofimo Lopez, who already has a belt there, who already beat what a lot considered the big dog, and Jack Taylor. Um, how do you feel about those two as future opponents who I think uh, are possibilities? They've been mentioned from all the parties involved. I know Devin likes to maintain his neutrality. He might have a date with Shakur in the future if yeah. Shakur gets right. I don't know. Um, how do you feel about those two opponents as well? Oh, man, I love it. I love it. You know, um, like I said, I'm here to, you know, become the best at 140 and become a world champion, however that path looks. You know, I'm going to trust my coach and however many fights he thinks he, I need or whatever he wants. I don't know what formula he wants. But uh, I think I'm going to trust in that majority of the time. Um, not majority of the time, every time. And, um, you know, we'll see. They're talking about Teofimo Lopez. They're talking about Devin Haney. They want to do that MSG spear. You know, that's just what's circulating around. Um, would I love to fight Teofimo Lopez? Of course. Would I love to fight Devin Haney? Of course. But I'm going to trust, you know, Derek and how he wants me to move because that's – I got to respect him. Mm -hmm. You know, he's my trainer. He knows best. Um, I will – actually, I messaged Teofimo Lopez. I told him, let's run it. Because yeah. I wanted to fight him. I feel yeah. like that's just a great fight. Um, he holds the title. Makes sense for me. I like, you know, I like the matchup. Um, I think it will be a huge fight. And even Devin Haney, that's going to be a huge fight. That would be a mega fight as well. So those two guys, man, we really could set the, the division on fire. Yeah. And, um, again, I want to become a champion. So however that path opens up for me, we'll see. So if it's Tefima Lopez, boom. If it's winner of Regis and Devin, let's do it. That's how we're going to roll. Yeah, I think, you know, those two guys. Uh, I'm oh, Rollies. I mean, Rollies as well. If you want to count that as a champion. He's another one who's been mentioned. I know. No, 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 that's code. Uh, no, nah, Rollies. Cool. First of all, I think that'd be a fun fight. <laughs> yeah, it will be a fun fight. But I think that um, he actually has a legitimate injury. Yeah. Like, it's actually a problem. Yeah, he's the most stuff. Yeah. Um, but Teofimo and, and, and Devin, they've just shown a willingness to fight 
top competition. They've chased him down. And that's why I've always respected Devin Haney. Yeah. You know, people like to say that um, he's came from something and had my man. This dude don't act like it. Nah. <laughs> I mean, he's fighting everybody. He's putting his life and, you know, and his career at, always at risk. And um, he's fighting tough fighters. Lomachenko, that's not an easy fight. He fought Linares. That's not an easy yeah. fight. He's fighting uh, Jojo Diaz. That wasn't an easy fight. Um, he's really doing his thing. That's why I always have respect for him. I never diss him. You know, me and him have a like a friendly competition type of thing. It ain't friendly, friendly. But I'm talking about like we we fought each other many times, amateurs. We both have been at the top of our division in amateurs. We've been in the same division, so it's something that we know we're gonna have to yeah. we're gonna have to run it in the pros. Um, I I'm gonna beat him, but uh, <laughs> but. Uh, but I always have respect for him. I and mean, I always will. It's fighting, though. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's a respect because you fight, yeah. and then it competition, and then you have to fight is different yeah. than like a friendly competition. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah that's uh, a little, I just crossed you up, or yeah. bam, ooh, yeah. man, you didn't like that. Yeah, that's a little different, and it's yeah. like, but but it it's it it's good to have, though. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's a healthy respect. So, man, look, I appreciate this. This was great. I learned so much. Yeah. Uh, before I let you go, I don't know if you're still doing this. I feel like people control you about this. Yeah. The body shot challenge. Are you yeah. still doing this? And if you are, who do you want to get into the into the pads? Like, is you have a target? You have a one person? Um, I don't know. Uh, I think I don't know, man. I, I'll probably do like something fun, like like say a like a Matt Reif, the comedian, or just <laughs> like certain That'd people, certain people. Uh, that I like I'll do, but I I don't know. I, I've kind of stopped doing it really. Yeah. It's, it's not, been a while since you did the last one. It's been a while. One. I guess it gotta be just specific. It gotta be something that's like entertaining. Somebody getting a gym. Yeah. Well look, good luck with training. I know you have a couple weeks left. You look in great shape. Thank like you. I said, when you walked in, you're a little taller than I thought. <laughs> so forty seven makes sense yeah, for yeah. you. And there's tons to do in that division in the future. But good luck going forward. Thank, Thank you. you for being here. Thank you. Ryan Garcia, December second. The Zone. Summer second, Oscar guys. Duarte Live on The Zone. In Don't Houston. Miss it. Yes, sir. And uh, it's going to be a great crowd. That's a great fight crowd. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Oh.